I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 John, the book of 1 John. There's an interesting little statement here. Years ago, there was a preacher that was at the Franklin Road Baptist Church up there around Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And um, the guy's name was, oh, what was his name? It was a, Tom Wallace. He was a little short fellow. And um, he preached a sermon on, this then is the message. This then is the message. And um, it's been put in print since then. This then is the message. Well, what is the message? You know, we can get involved in a lot of things, teaching a lot of things and a lot of different kinds of messages. But when you stop and think about it, every person their whole life teaches a message. Uh, your life style or beliefs, all of it comes to it tells a message. So whenever your life is over and somebody says some words over you, what they say about you can be a summary of what was the message of your life. What did you do with it? How long did you live? Well, he was born, blah, 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 and he died, blah, blah, blah. And so this is a story of his life. And they used to have a thing on TV years ago called This Is Your Life. Anybody remember that? Oh, it was a long time ago. I used to love watching that. And sometimes the people would have no clue who they were going to bring out, and they was all excited and so forth, you know. Always ended up pretty good, and everybody was happy. But this is your life, and everybody's life has a message. Now, I'm not an evolutionist, so that uh, is not my message. I'm not an atheist, so that's, that's not my message. I, I do have something that I believe in, so uh, that is my message. And I would hope to think that if people know me for a while, they'll know what my message is all about. So turn in your Bible to the book of 1 John in chapter 1. And look what he says here in verse 5. This then is the message. This then is the message. Now, when you study and find out what God did with this uh, young kid, we believe he was one of the youngest of the teenagers that became this uh, youth ministry that Jesus started when he was here. Lived to be uh, quite an old man. And uh, he had uh, seen a lot, done a lot, and then he had to suffer a lot because he was placed on an isle in Alapatmos. And there he was, uh, I guess, until his last days. But he was used by the Lord to write several books in the Bible. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And then he wrote the book of Revelation. We say he wrote it means he was the human writer. Uh, there's only one author of the Bible. But now, whenever you stop and think about it, in the Gospel of John, there's how many chapters? 21, right? So when you read the book of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you've got seven chapters, right? Total. Uh, when you read Revelation, you've got 22 chapters, right? All those chapters added together make 50 chapters. So 50 chapters that John was used by the Lord to write. Now, 
you have the book of John, you have 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and you got the book of Revelation. So he had 21 chapters and 7 chapters and 22 chapters, 50 chapters told. But if you break those three segments down, you'll find out in the Gospel of John, it talks about, you know, what to believe. And then when you talk about the seven little books, or seven chapters, it's on how to behave. So how to believe, how to behave, and what to behold. So in the book of Revelation, the word behold is used 27 times. Now, the word belief or forms of it is found 98 times or about 98 times in the Gospel of John. And then you come to the book of 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. It's about how a Christian is to behave. So believe, behave, behold. And the word behold simply means to see. Lo, here, lo, see. So every Christian, if you wanted to know a little bit about what is our message, well, there's something to believe and there's something that we're supposed to do in order to behave. And then we're supposed to have a vision for the future, to see something. The book of Revelation gives you all of that. Tells you what's going to happen in the future so that we'll be smart with our time here. And yet each one of these needs the other. Because you see, there's not a good future for those who don't believe. And it's hard to get people to behave if they don't understand why they should behave. Well, because believing gets you into heaven and you know where it is and what's going to happen in the future. So you see how you need all of it put together. And so God has been pretty good to us. And I want you to look there in John chapter 3, verse 16. If I was to ask you, well, if there's 98 times in the gospel of John that it talks about just, you know, believing, what verse would you usually go to? What would be a good verse you would go to? Everybody has a, maybe a different verse. But outside of John 3.16, what verse would you use? I'm waiting. Who said that? Do you know what it says? It's a good one. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He that believeth. That's all you got to do is believe. John 3.16, let's all quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So as you read through the Gospel of John, you should be able to find verses that will tell you to believe. So when you're looking for a heaven track, the Gospel of John is a pretty good one. And we can usually explain the Gospel and have many people trust Christ as Savior just from the book of John because it's how to believe. What do you believe? Now when you go to the book of 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, go over there just for a second. The book of 1st John, and you'll notice that if you understand, this is already talking to those who have believed. So in 1st John, see, we're not talking about how to get to heaven. 1st John is talking about those who are already going to heaven. And you'll find he says over and over again, my little children, my little children, my little children. 
And he also talked about, um, you know, your walk with God, having fellowship with the Lord. And so look there in John, 1 John. And you'll notice he says there in verse 3, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship. See, once you trusted Christ as your Savior, you are now related to the Lord. And that never changes. But your fellowship with the Lord, I mean, how are you getting along with God? Are you walking with Him? How can two get along and agree uh, unless, uh, you know, walk together unless you agree with each other? So walking with God, having fellowship, is just you agreeing with God. As you go through life, just keep agreeing with God. You keep reading the Word and just keep on agreeing. And you'd be surprised how it'll help you. It just eliminates a lot of your decisions. What complicates life is having decisions. You don't know which one to come down on. So if you just let the Lord make the decisions for you, I, I agree with him. I, I disagree with him. Whatever God says, I disagree with him. Not disagree, I agree with him. So he says here, all may have fellowship with us. So fellowship with us, you already know the Lord, but this is so that you can have joy. Look here in the last part of verse 3. And fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So for Christians to really have good fellowship together, it's because we have fellowship with the Lord. And the closer we get with the Lord, the closer we get to each other. And so the greater the fellowship will be. And then you'll see one of the reasons. Now there's about four reasons that's mentioned in the book of 1 John that are the basics of why God had him write this book. One, as it says right there in verse 4, that your joy may be full. So if there's anybody that wants you to be happy, it is the Lord. He's one to design life. So he wants us to be happy. And he also, believe it or not, he wants you to be holy. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be hopeful and helpful. So there's four basic things as you read the book of 1 John that will really kind of help you in your Christian life because this talks about how to behave how to live for the Lord, how to walk with God. And so as you go down through here, and he says in verse 6 of 1 John chapter 1, if we say that we have fellowship and walk, see, it's, we're talking about your walk. And your walk is, is how you have fellowship with God. Are you walking with the Lord? Are you walking in agreement with God? So as you go through life and it doesn't matter what you do, whatsoever thy hands find to do, do it with all thy mind. You just keep agreeing with God, agreeing with God. And you'd be surprised how it can eliminate a lot of stress between husband and wife and kids and on the job and everything. Just keep agreeing. Just do things that God wants you to do. How does God want me to respond? And just do that. But look in verse 7. But if we walk not. So he's talking about those who walk and those that don't walk. Right. So sometimes you think, and there's people who read uh, you know, First John, and they say, well, see there, if you're really saved, if you're really saved, you're not going to go out here and walk the wrong way. Well, wait a minute. He just said you're getting right. If we walk not in the light. He didn't say you weren't saved. He says you're not obeying the truth. You're not walking with God. You're saying something, but what you say isn't true. So that's why he says here, and I want you to see this. Look there in chapter 2 and verse 3. Chapter 2, verse 3. And where you see the word no, 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 well, just put the word love there because that's what he's talking about. And you'll see that toward the end of the chapter. 
And so in verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandment. And the word is a reference toward your love. That you love him if you do what he says do. Now you may be saved and not love the Lord. But if you do love him, and he asks us to love him, and he also tells us things not to love. See there in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, where he's talking here about things not to love. He says, and if you love these things, then the love of the Father is not in you. So look what he says in verse 15. Love not the Father or the world, neither the things that are in the world. So if he tells you not to, it means it's possible to love the things of the world. And so he says in the next verse, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in. So we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about your love for the Lord. And if you love the Lord, then walk and live, behave like you love the Lord. And if you don't, then it, doesn't, it means that you don't love him. And therefore, you've got a, a spiritual problem. So he says there in chapter 2, as he goes down through, just look at it very quickly. You see there where he makes a statement in verse uh, 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk. But we're talking to the believers. We're, this is not a test on how to get saved. This is a walk with the Lord. And you can say a lot of things. You can say whatever you want, but that doesn't make it true. And so as you go through, he says there's things to love. and There's things not to love. Because here you're talking about uh, your behavior, the way you live. Oh, and I wanted you to see this also in First John chapter 3. Look there in verse 9. So many people say, well, well, if you're really saved, you're not going to go out and practice sin. You won't practice sin. No, most people I know are experts at it. So when he says you won't practice sin, so there's two words. One is poeo, which means one single act. And prazo, P-R-A, says think of the word practice. Prazo, practice. So if the word is prazo, it means to habitually commit, to practice. And if the word is poeo, it generally refers to not one single act. So here in this context, uh, it's talking about the word poeo, which means that you cannot commit one single act of sin. So look what he says there in verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So you see, if you're saved, the new birth cannot sin because the seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin. That is the incorruptible seed. And our flesh birth is corruptible. It came from a corruptible sin. So it sins. It practices it. It does a real good job. But you've got to remember which one is born of God. Well, not the old one, it was the new one. And so some people say, well, if you're really saved, you're not going to go out here and practice sin. Well, hold your place right here. And I just want you to turn over to the book of Romans in chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And just to notice this, uh, you'll notice there in verse 18, it's more than just one place, but especially in verse 18 and 19, where the Apostle Paul says, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now that word do, here in this verse, 
is from the word prazo. And the word prazo means to habitually commit. So the Apostle Paul is stating right here that he practices sin. He says, the good that I do, I do not. And there's a word there for quail. Here is prazo. And so he's talking about he does. So people who say, well, if you're really saved, you're not going to go out here and do uh, habitually commit sin. But you do. Now, what do you do when you say the Apostle Paul must, must not have been saved? You really got a problem. You have a problem. So anyway, go back there to the book of First John. So remember this. Fifty chapters, three different segments of books written by John. The Gospel of John, believe. The book of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, what's the word? Behave, very good. And the book of Revelation, behold. The word behold is found how many times? 27 times, very good. So, in believe, or forms of it, is found about how many times? 98 times in the book of John. So, believe, behave, behold. And so it's an easy way to try to remember some of these books and what the content is about. So go back there now to 1 John. So in 1 John, uh, there are several things that he wants us to see. And one is our happiness. He wants us to be happy. And um, that's based upon your walk with the Lord. Uh, remember, happiness is not a destination. It's not something that you find finally after. Uh, happiness is found really on the way of duty. In the pathway of duty, doing what you're supposed to do, happiness is, you've got to find happiness. And if you want to be happy, do what God says do. He says, happy are ye if you do them. If you do what God says do. But anyway... Here in 1 John chapter 2, look in verse 1. Because God also wants us not only just to be happy, He wants us to be holy. See what He says in verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. In other words, not to walk in the flesh. Not to walk after the old sinful nature. But if you do, it doesn't mean you're not saved it just simply means that you're not walking with God and you're not obeying the truth and therefore your heavenly father might just have to beat the tar out of you or maybe take you home before your time. So you need to keep that in mind. Now, look there in verse 26 of 1 John chapter 2, verse 26, where it says, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Now, he talks about some of the people that try to robbed you. If you read the book of Galatians, you'll say, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? You did run well. What has hindered you? So here you're talking about down there in verse 19, they went out from us to let it be made known that they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But since they didn't, they weren't. And you tie that verse into Acts chapter 15, where they had this uh, little congregational meeting up there with all the big shots. And they came to the conclusion uh, that, uh, no, you don't have to keep the law to be saved or to stay saved. And so he says, but there are some who came from 
up here that says that this is what we are saying. And he said, let it be known in no uncertain terms. We do not have such a message. So whenever you start off here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, when he says, this then is the message. What is the message? When it comes to salvation, believe. Gospel of John. And when it comes to behaving, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And when it comes to a vision of what's coming in the future, behold, the book of Revelation. Now, going back here to 1st John, where it tells us and encourages us, you can say that you're walking with God, and that's why he goes down through chapter 2. He that saith, he that saith, he that saith. It's easy to talk, but a little more difficult to walk. So he says, if you are not walking in the light, then you are not in agreement with God. You're not having the fellowship that you think you're having. So the book of First John especially lets you know, here's the flesh, here's the spirit. This is your first birth, your second birth. And so if I walk in the flesh, I'll bring forth the works of the flesh. If I walk in the spirit, I'll have the fruit of the spirit. And so this is where God wants me to walk. He doesn't want me to walk over here, but I got a choice. That's why he says in 1 John 3, 9, that whosoever is born of God, this is the one that's born of God, not this one, cannot sin. The word poeo, cannot commit one single act of sin. Now the flesh habitually, prazo, commits sin. So the Apostle Paul in chapter 7, it says, though he wants to do right, but how to perform that which is good I find not. So then he says, the things that I don't want to do, I do. And the word there is prazo. He practiced. So Paul had a problem with the flesh just like you do, just like I do. And so when people say, well, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to live and walk in the flesh. Well, then why does he draw so many of his children into the flesh? Because you have a flesh nature and it's not gone. So it is not the will of your father to walk after the flesh. And you'll find this especially in the book of Romans in chapter 8. When you trust Christ as your Savior, God no longer sees you in the flesh. He sees you in the spirit. Doesn't mean you're spiritual, just means that's your position in Christ. So a Christian can walk in the spirit or after the flesh. So you'll notice that in the book of Romans, after the flesh, after the flesh, after the flesh. But God no longer sees you in the flesh, but you can walk after the flesh. And there is a difference. The old man, the lost man, can only walk in the flesh. He can't walk in the spirit, but the Christian can. So you'll see a difference. So look there in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. You would be surprised reading commentaries trying to see how they explain this. It'll blow your mind. And they'll write three pages trying to explain what it really means. 
And I thought, I can do that in one paragraph. So simple. You see, it makes the statement, whosoever hateth his brother. Look up here. Which one of these hates? Hate comes from here. So if you hate your brother, he doesn't have eternal life abiding in him. He does. But see, this one doesn't hate his brother. This one does. So when I hate, it lets me know which one is controlling my life. Right? So when you're hating your brother and hating the things of God, that means you're not loving the things of God and you're walking in the flesh. So this is a perfect book to let us know how to behave so you can judge for yourself. Am I right with God? Am I walking with God? Do I have fellowship with God, my Father, like I should? Well, this is what this is about. So we notice here in verse 26 when he says, I um, have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. There's people who want to always tear you down, change the message. But remember in chapter 1 and verse 5 when he says, This then is the message. What is our message? Well, when it comes to salvation... Only believe. When it comes to service, behave. <laughs> do what God says do. And for the future and the motive, behold. Means I see. I see what God is saying. And 27 times behold is used in the book of Revelation. So God used this guy to give us some tremendous truths that can help us in our Christian life. So as you go through here, you'll see all of this. Now, look in 1 John five thirteen. 1 John 5, 13, where he says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. As with every Christian, there are times in your Christian life because there are some who want to seduce, to cause you to question, cause you to doubt what God said. So you'll have to always go back. What did he say? These things have I written unto you that believe. That you may know you have eternal life. Don't question it and don't doubt it. Keep believing what God says. Continue in the doctrines that is sound. And the Bible says, Mark them which cause divisions contrary to the doctrines which you have learned and what? Join them? No, avoid them. Because false teaching can take its toll upon God's children. So uh, these are just some things to think about. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one. Pray for a good service to follow. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.